Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. As you know, on this podcast, rather than looking at movies in terms of two thumbs up, two thumbs down, loved it or hated it, we look at them in terms of what we can learn from them as screenwriters. We look at good movies, we look at bad movies, we look at movies that we loved, and we look at movies that we hated. And today we're going to be looking at the new Johnny Depp film, Black Mass. Today we're going to be looking at the new Johnny Depp movie, Black Mass. Now this is a really extraordinary true story based on the life of Whitey Bulger and featuring one of Johnny Depp's all-time best performances. And we're going to be discussing some of its most compelling scenes and the elements that made them work in this podcast. And yet, at the same time, despite the power of Johnny Depp's supporting cast stellar performances, there is something about Black Mass that just leaves you, or, or at least left me, a little bit hollow, a little bit unsatisfied. So I also want to talk about what got in the way with Black Mass and how you can learn from both its strengths and its failures in your own screenwriting, particularly when it comes to revision. Now, if you haven't seen Black Mass yet, please be aware that there are spoilers ahead. At the center of Black Mass is James Whitey Bulger, a totally psychotic gangster played by Johnny Depp, who is playing both sides. Secretly, he's betraying his mafia enemies as an FBI informant, and at the same time, he's also playing the FBI by using his connections to run rampant as an organized crime figure. Now, if that plot sounds familiar, that's because it is. You've seen this story before in a much more complicated form in Martin Scorsese's film The Departed. In fact, Whitey Bulger in many ways was the inspiration for the Jack Nicholson character in The Departed. And despite Black Mass's true life story pedigree, its well-written script, its excellent direction, and its wonderful performances, this poses a real challenge for the screenwriter. A question that many of us face at some point in the writing of our own stories. What if it's not good enough? What if it's all been done before? So if that question's got you paralyzed, don't worry. There is a long history of this happening, and having a story related to one we've already seen doesn't mean you're doomed to failure. After all, a guy named Willie Shakespeare stole all of his stories. Romeo and Juliet is actually just a different version of Pyramus and Thisbe, and Midsummer's Night Dream is actually Shakespeare ripping off Shakespeare. Uh, another totally different callback to that same source material. Hamlet is just an adaptation of the Ur-Hamlet, and Shakespeare's history plays are all ripped directly from history. So the fact that we've seen some version of your movie before doesn't doom you to failure. In fact, it just dooms you to the one thing that everybody wants, which is genre. But in order to succeed as a screenwriter, you need to transcend the experience of someone having already seen this movie before. And to do that, you have to have an extraordinarily strong take on the material. A take that is different from the take of the previous writers, even if that writer was yourself. 
you have to master the art of revision so that you can build around your unique version of the story in a way that distinguishes your work from all the work that came before. For example, when Brokeback Mountain first came out, this was the first time we'd ever seen a gay cowboy movie. And the truth of the matter is that just hearing the words gay cowboys was enough to make you go see or choose not to see Brokeback Mountain. In order to fulfill the promise of that premise, all that Brokeback Mountain needed to deliver was a story of two cowboys whose love for each other couldn't fit the expectation of their circumstances. Now, a couple years later, another movie called The Kids Are Alright came out, and in many ways, The Kids Are Alright is just another gay cowboys movie. Except in this case, the cowboys are two suburban moms trying to navigate their love for each other among the challenges and expectations of their suburban home on the range. Before Brokeback Mountain had come out, this might have been enough. But in the wake of the film, and more importantly, in the wake of everyone having seen that film, in order for the kids are all right to transcend the territory that Brokeback Mountain had already trodden, it had to be more than just another gay cowboys movie. It needed a different take, a more alarming element at its core that could distinguish it from the movies that had come before. In The Kids Are Alright, that added element is more than just the fact that these cowboys are women with children. It's that Julian Moore's character ends up having an affair with the biological father of the kids. Now you can see why this is alarming. And you can see how this takes the gay cowboy story to a completely different level. In a way, the writers of Black Mass tried to do the same thing, finding a different element around which to build their Whitey Bulger story than the one at the center of The Departed. As you probably remember, what makes The Departed so shocking and so complicated is the three different levels of double-crossing at the center of its structure, two of which we're completely aware of and the third of which catches us completely by surprise. On the first level of double-crossing, we're aware that Jack Nicholson's character has put Matt Damon's character through the police academy in order to have a spy on the inside of the police department. And on the second level of double-crossing, we are aware that Leonardo DiCaprio's character has infiltrated Jack Nicholson's gang in the desire to bring him down. And we're aware of the whole Donnie Brasco kind of story that's playing out between the two of them. But until the very end, we're completely unaware of the third level of double crossing, that Jack Nicholson is actually playing everybody by secretly working as a police informant. And these three levels of complication and these three levels of drama and excitement are the things that make The Departed so effective and so shocking. Even though Whitey Bulger's story in Black Mass, unlike The Departed, is actually a true story, trying to tell that story in the same way as The Departed can only be disappointing. Because unlike the three levels of betrayal and the three levels of structure captured in The Departed, Black Mass only has one level of structure with which to play. 
So instead of stealing the structure of the departed, which is with its three different layers and its shocking revelation at the end that Jack Nicholson's character has been betraying everyone, Black Mass begins wisely by inverting that surprise ending structure and laying its cards on the table from the very first scene. Rather than saving Whitey Bulger's role as an informant as a secret for the end, the writers of Black Mass begin their screenplay with the moment where he's brought into the fold, that moment where he becomes an FBI informant. When his old childhood friend, now an FBI agent, John Connolly, played by Joel Edgerton in the film, first approaches him. And by inverting the structure in this way, the writers develop a completely different take on the material based on a completely different theme. The theme of The Departed is unforgettable. If you remember that final moment in The Departed with the rat crawling across the windowsill, you know that's what The Departed is about. The Departed is about rats. The Departed is about people betraying and betraying and betraying everybody around them. The Departed is about a world with no loyalty, in which you can never tell who's playing which side. And the audience experience of that movie reflects the journey of the main characters in relation to that theme. We learn, just as these characters learn. We are surprised, just as these characters are surprised. We are forced to come to the revelation, just as these characters are forced to come to the revelation that you can't trust anybody. When you're developing a take on a movie, a lot of people think that take begins with some kind of external hook. The thing that sounds cool to the audience that's going to get butts and seats. But the external hook is only going to take you so far. The truth is that the external hook is developed from the internal hook. The thing the movie is really about for you. We call that internal hook theme. And once you understand the theme you're building, your job is to revise and revise and revise your script around that theme. Until it's present in every element. From the structure of your character's journey to that simple line of dialogue to the overall hook of your film. That's the thing that brings order to the chaos of a screenplay. That's the thing that brings the feeling of unity to your audience. And ultimately, that's the thing that's going to distinguish your script from all the other versions of this story that have gone before it. The what's it about for you that's different than the what's it about for any writer is your only shot of distinguishing yourself in this competitive industry. If betrayal is not a big issue in your life, the fact of the matter is you cannot write The Departed. Or at least you cannot write The Departed in the way that The Departed was written. You can't build a hook and you can't build a take around something that doesn't matter to you. And if you try, what you're going to find is that rather than treading new ground, you end up retreading the old. Rather than building your movie around your own personal emotional truth, 
rather than using fiction to capture the emotional resonance of your own personal life experience, your own strange obsessions, the questions that keep you awake at night. You're instead going to find yourself repeating other people's truths exactly the way that you've seen them in other people's movies. You're going to find yourself writing cliches. The hook of your movie begins with the why, the why you're writing it. And we can see what that why was in The Departed. The Departed is a movie about betrayal, and in The Departed we see the structures built out of betrayal. We have the structure of Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's character and his journey in relationship to betrayal. We have the story of the Matt Damon character and his journey in relation to betrayal. And we have the story of the Jack Nicholson character and his journey in relation to betrayal. And you can see that theme ties together both the hook and the structure and the surprise ending of The Departed. That these things are not external things designed to make the audience happy or part of some external formula dictated by some screenwriting book or some software program. That these are internal things organic to the why of why the writer is writing it. In Black Mass, by inverting the structure of the parted and giving away the surprise of Whitey's role as informant from the very first page, the writers are basically telling us that's not what the movie is about. Black Mass is a movie about something else. And that's a smart move in a film like this because the fact of the matter is you can't outdo The Departed when it comes to writing a movie about shocking betrayal, especially not if you're dealing with the same essential plot elements. From the very first moment that John Connolly reaches out to his old childhood friend, Whitey Bulger, who he refers to as Jimmy, and enlists Jimmy's help to put their mutual enemies, the Italian Mafia, in jail, the writers are telling us that this is not The Departed we're about to watch. In fact, rather than being a film about betrayal, Black Mass seems to be a movie about friendship, about loyalty, about childhood and family connections, about a world in which senators and FBI agents and psychotic mobsters are all inextricably connected by memories and loyalties that started on the playground. The best moments in the film are the moments where the screenplay is actually fulfilling that theme. And similarly, you can see why the film feels so unfulfilling at the moments where it strays from that theme. Because without the theme of friendship to tie it together, what we essentially have here is John Connolly playing the Matt Damon role from The Departed. Without the benefit of the second layer of the Leonardo DiCaprio story or the third layer of the surprising ending when Jack Nicholson's informant status is revealed. So without that theme to tie it together, we basically have a setup that is one third of the hook of The Departed. And if you're going to build a movie that only has one third of the hook of The Departed, then you need to use that hyper focus to push that version of the story to a place it never could have gone in The Departed. You have to push the journey of these two friends in revision after revision, further than you could have imagined it ever could have gone when you first sat down to write it. And you need to push it around a theme that actually matters to you. 
If you look at Black Mass, the most successful scenes in the film take place when those elements of friendship and loyalty are pushed to the extreme. For example, the unforgettably disturbing scene between Jimmy and John's wife. You'll remember that John has invited Jimmy over to his house for dinner, and John's wife, Marianne, doesn't understand her, her husband's connection to this man. She's disgusted and furious that her husband has invited this psychotic killer into her kitchen. In fact, she refuses to come to dinner and locks herself in her room pretending to be sick. And although John tries to make excuses for her, Jimmy isn't having it. He stalks up to her bedroom and bursts in on Marianne in one of the creepiest scenes in recent film history. And on one level, in his own psychotic way, Jimmy does this because he wants to protect his friend. You're humiliating your husband in front of his friends, he tells Marianne, even as he plays his own game of humiliation with her. And on another level, Jimmy is delighting in his own little humiliating power game as he lecherously runs his hand over Marianne's face to check her temperature, as he scares the life out of her by choking his hand around her neck to see if her glands are swollen. It's one of the most complicated character moments in the film because it's driven by a mix of love for John and complete disregard for him. A mix of concern for John's dignity and complete power over him, his wife and every aspect of his life. These are the moments at which Black Mass thrives, but unfortunately the structure of Black Mass fails to build around these moments in a way that can tell us what the movie is really about. Why all this matters beyond the alarming fact that much of it actually happened. And perhaps that's because, despite their obvious talent and the elevating performance of the entire cast, at this phase of the script's development, the writers don't seem to know themselves what it's really about. Is it about the friendship between John and Jimmy and how John's loyalty to his friends turns a good man bad? Is it about the frame of interviewee after interviewee telling the story of their compatriot, Jimmy? while insisting that they're not rats? Is it about Jimmy's love for his son and how the moment of his son's death pushed him over the edge from a beloved guy who cared about his neighborhood and took care of little old ladies to a psychotic killer who didn't care about anybody? Is it about Jimmy's relationship with his mother, his brother, and the strange legacy of this woman who cheats at cards and came from nothing and raised Boston's most powerful criminal and most powerful senator under the same roof? Is it about a well-meaning FBI agent losing his soul, not to greed, but to loyalty? Or is it about an old man finally getting captured for the sins of his youth? There are so many wonderful threads that could have been developed into a powerful hook and a powerful theme for this movie, but instead are left dangling. Not because they aren't powerful, but because the writers failed to decide 
which ones really mattered for the story that they wanted to tell. The key to revision is focusing in on the one thing that really matters to you. And the mistake of these truly talented writers is simply that they're trying to do it all. Repeating the common mistake of most biopics of trying to squeeze the whole story into 105 pages. This happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Plot, 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 plot. Rather than getting deep into the one piece of the story that made all the other pieces matter. What we're seeing when we see Black Mass is in many ways a promising early draft in desperate need of a thematic rewrite. Like many early drafts, it has brilliant moments, compelling characters, and enough elements to tell a dozen stories. But it lacks that central thread that ties it all together and makes the story matter to us. It lacks that central thread that distinguishes it from all the other versions of the story that have gone before. Revisions are about hard choices and revisions are about theme. Revisions are about picking one thread and developing it as deeply and as far as you can, even at the cost of killing your darlings or losing scenes that you love. All scripts start off as early drafts and all scripts must go through revisions before the cliches resolve themselves into insights, before your personal truth starts to transcend the truths you've seen in other films and your story actually starts to matter. Revisions are about taking yourself and your character deeper into the wilderness of your own personal questions about the world even deeper than you ever imagined you would go when you first sat down to write them. Revisions are about creating a journey that changes the character, that changes you, and that changes the audience watching your story just by having witnessed it. So next time you find yourself wondering, do I have what it takes? Has this all been done before? Am I actually writing a movie worth watching? Remember that you're probably asking the wrong questions. The real question is, what is this movie about to me? And why do I want to write it? If you'd like to learn more about using theme as your guide in a revision, I'd like to invite you to check out our upcoming seminar with Jessica Hines about mastering the rewrite through the use of theme. You can find out more about that class on our website, www.writeyourscreenplay.com slash rewrite. Until then, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and happy writing.